This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. Amen. All right. Uh, last, a couple years ago, I guess it was now, um, we went to, took a visit to my sister and brother-in-law live up in Alaska. And it was um, April, I think it was April-ish when we went up there. And um, we had stayed in this place that was, it was an Airbnb, and it was overlooking a lake, a big lake. And I remember looking out there going, that's frozen, for sure. You know, it's April, still frozen. Um, I believed it was frozen. It was very simple to see. You look out there, you're like, yep, frozen lake. But I had a doubt. And the doubt was, all right, it's not quite the dead middle of winter. So how frozen is the lake? Like, can we walk on it? I told my, asked my brother-in-law who lives up there, hey, is that lake, like it's frozen, I can see it, believe it's frozen, but uh, how frozen is it? Like, can we walk on it? And he laughed. He said, yeah, yeah, you can go walk on it, for sure. You can walk on it. So I remember walking down and looking at it and just thinking, how do I know that this is frozen enough for me to walk on, right? So it's like you slowly take a step, Okay, it seems to hold, slowly take a step, like shuffle your way out there. And, and the more I looked at it, I'm like testing it out. I'm trying to figure out like, is this going to break? Because if it breaks, it's really cold. I don't want to die today, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I remember just, just taking did you did we lose me? And then I came to a, uh, a little place where there was a hole. There was a fisherman had gone out there and was fishing, ice fishing. And I, I looked down into it and I realized that the ice was still a couple feet thick. Like, it wasn't a small little bit of, like, freezing lake. It was feet thick, you know? And I thought, oh, wait a second. Like, the depth of this ice, like, the depth here is so much that I have no need to worry. This thing is holding me, right? I could see the depth of it. I could go, yep, this thing is holding me for sure. And I asked my brother-in-law, Hey, like how often do people come out here and ice fish? He goes, oh, they were just out here not too long ago. They brought their, they had their trucks out here. You know, they're driving their trucks on this thing. They got fires going on. They're building little houses, you know, on this. And they're out here fishing. People were just out here not, you know, a week ago or something like that. And just thought, I had nothing to fear. Like people are driving trucks on this. I mean, the weight of the trucks alone should have caused me to be like, oh, this is deep enough for me to actually walk on this. This isn't, I sh- there was nothing for me faith-wise, trust-wise, to doubt. But from a distance, simply, I just go, yeah, it's frozen. It wasn't until I got close enough and explored its depth that I actually had the confidence to actually really trust it. In some ways, like, in some ways, the, the, the exploration of the depth of this ice caused my faith to be way simpler. Because I was able just to stand there and bounce, you know, like, I got nothing. For a while, I was like, I don't know. I had faith in it. It was real simple faith. I didn't know much. I just thought, I don't know. The more I knew, the simpler my faith became. And this plays itself out in the Christian life. I mean, I I became a Christian at six-ish. I don't know, somewhere somewhere around there. I remember my grandma saying, "Um, you know, Jesus loves you. I said, yeah, I do know that. You know, my parents taught me that. Um, He died on a cross for you. Do you know that? I said, yeah. She said, do you want to believe in him? I said, I do. And we, we prayed a prayer for that. And it was a very simple faith. It was, I know Jesus loves me. And I know he died on a cross for me. And so I believe that. I, I believe it. Very simple faith. But over the next decade or two of my life, I asked Jesus into my heart seven more times because I wanted to be sure. I didn't know. Like, I'm like, 
It, did it take? You know, is it like when you work out in the summertime and you go take a shower, you get out and it doesn't take? You know, you're still sweaty. It just doesn't work. Like, is that what happened to me? I don't know. Does, does all of my sin that, that I commit, you know, into my teenage years, early 20s, did all that, was it too weighty for the, for the sake of Christ? Like, could he, can it actually bear my weight? Can his gospel work for me? Like, I believed it was true simply, but, but when it comes down to it, is it, did it really take, was it really something that could bear my weight? I didn't know. So I had roller coaster faith. It was like I didn't read my Bible for two weeks, and I felt so guilty, and I had to read my Bible again to feel like Jesus accepted me again, you know? I had to pray a little bit, just to almost like a pill, like, okay, I feel better about myself now. Go back and forth, it's up and down, I sin, and I feel like I can't come before him, and all this stuff. Like, I had this simple faith, but, but at the end of the day, there was still like, like walking on a lake. I'm not sure if it's going to work until in my mid-20s, I made a decision to say, I just want to know Jesus. I just want to, I want to read my Bible, not because someone tells me to, but just because I want to know him and I want to get what the gospel is. I want to know it more. And as I, as I explored the depth of that gospel, as I explored the depth of who Jesus is, I began to realize that all of the doubts and the wonderings about whether or not he can hold the weight of my sin or my failures or whether his, you know, the gospel actually can function for me, it began to go away because the more I knew him, the more I studied the depth of who he is in that gospel, the more my faith became really simple. I just thought, I know for sure, I've seen it. And I can, I can drive the weight of my sin across that gospel. And it will not let me go. And this is the reality of who Jesus is, Christian. Actually, this is the reality of your experience. Because we have times in our lives where we get into a situation or situations where we find ourselves a little bit back in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve, if you're, if you're new to the Bible, Adam and Eve, they, they sinned, they brought sin into the world, and it was uh, through a whisper, which was, did God actually say? And we have moments where we, we sin. We have moments where we don't think we're enough. We have situations in our lives that we deal with um, suffering and trials, it causes us to, I think, question, is God here? You know, the simple gospel faith, I, I believe Jesus died for me, yes, but, but we begin sometimes to waver because we believe, did God actually say, we go, I don't know, I think. And we wonder of the, these things. But the more we get to know him, church, the more those moments of faith or lack of it dissipate. They don't go away. It doesn't make life easy. It doesn't make Christianity easy. But it does make faith a lot simpler. You can't, you can't trust God more than you know God. Let me say that again. You can't trust Him more than you know Him. Your trust of Him will only go so deep as you know Him. If you know Him this much, your Faith in Him, your trust in Him will go this far. And after this much, you'll start to go, I don't know. But the more we know Him, 
and you look into the ice hole of gospel deeps and realities, and you see that is, this is thick, man. Like there is a lot here. Jesus isn't just some, some wishy-washy thing, guy. You know, he doesn't wear a bathrobe and he's just nice. The more I, the more I know him, the more my trust in him grows. And it, honestly, it just becomes simpler. Because I go, I don't have to worry about this. I know him. This is our big idea for today, which is as you go deeper with Jesus, you will find simpler faith. That's true. Now I'm going to read today Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And some of you that are perceptive are going to read it with me and go, it doesn't really talk about faith at all in this passage. Where are you getting this from? I know there's some of you that are like, mm, I'm not sure where you got that big idea, Jason. This doesn't even make sense. Listen, I get it. This is an intro to uh, Mark. I will show you why it's here. But really, this is an intro to the whole book. This is what I want you to get. I want you, Christian, to have at the end of this series a deeper knowledge of who Jesus is and the gospel. Because if you don't know him, your faith will be so shallow, Christian, to where you're just going to constantly wonder, am I? Can he? Will he? Has he? worked? I, I don't know. I want, I want you to be confident in a simple faith and say, no, no. Who then is this? Oh, I know who that is. And I know what he's done. And we, we want to walk that out. Lord, I, I just, I'm praying, I've prayed, Lord knows that you would understand this at the end of this gospel in November. Long ways away. So we just march through it and say, who is Jesus? Maybe get to the spot where you go deeper with him and your faith becomes Simpler. This is my goal. Actually, this is the goal of us as our preaching in this series, that you'd know who he is and you'd see it here. I'm going to read uh, verses 1, 1 through 8 and Mark, and then uh, we'll break it down a little bit, figure out how we can live it out. This is going to be our, our time this morning. So let me read this. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. This is what we read. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his paths straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John wore a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. I hate locusts, by the way. So, side note, you ever see locusts around? They're gross. So every time I read this, I'm like, he ate those things? That's gross. All right, anyway. Sorry, that's nothing to do with the sermon. Just by the time he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, one who is more powerful than I, uh, than I am is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John, uh, Mark here is John Mark. We, we see him in Acts. He spent time with Paul and Barnabas, actually caused Paul and Barnabas to split. If you remember that, Mark left them, and, uh, and, then, and then Barnabas said, let's bring him back, and Paul said, uh-uh, he left us. 
And so Barnabas took John Mark and Paul took Silas, and that's, this is Mark. This is who he is. Actually, this, this gospel uh, really is, most people would say, and I think it's true, this is the, uh, the lens of Jesus' ministry through Peter's eyes. He knew Peter, and uh, this is Peter's, essentially Peter's accounting uh, through the pen of John Mark um, of what happened in Galilee and what happened in Jerusalem and what happened with uh, Jesus as he died and he rose again from the dead. This is who we, who we see here. Actually, one of the reasons that we can see this is because uh, the, the outline, this very simple outline of Mark is actually seen in Acts, Peter's sermon in Acts. We can kind of see we can kind of see it. It's on the screen for you. This is what it says in Acts 2. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him. Just as you yourselves know, this is Mark 1 through 10. He's talking about miracles, wonders, signs. He's showing it all. This is Peter's sermon. Mark, Mark shows that first. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you, your, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. This is the next four chapters of Mark as he enters Jerusalem and he spends time there and he marches to the cross. All God planned. God ordained it all. And God raised him up, ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death, which is a remarkable truth. Um, and that's, that's the last chapter of Mark is the resurrection. This is essentially Mark's outline. This is what Mark, he takes it from Peter's sermon. This is Peter's simple gospel presentation. This is what Peter proclaimed to the people of Jerusalem. This is his gospel presentation. It's a very simple presentation. Jesus Christ came here proclaiming the kingdom, doing signs and wonders. Y'all killed him. This is what Peter told him. You killed him. Though that wasn't just you doing it, God had planned that out in mystery. He planned it out to save the world through it, but it wasn't possible for Jesus to be held by death, and so he was raised to life so that we might know him and believe him. This is, this is Mark's outline. This is Peter's gospel presentation. It's a very simple gospel, is it not? In some ways, it's very simple. This is my first point. The gospel is simple. We see the lake is frozen. Yeah, sure. There it is. Yeah, it's frozen. I can see the lake's frozen. We see this at the very beginning of, of this uh, passage, the beginning of the gospel, Mark 1.1. And the gospel is of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. That is a very simple gospel. The gospel, it simply means good news. That word, that word gospel is, in the Greek word, we get, where we get it from, it simply means good news, heralding good news. It's like good news proclaimed. This is good news. Well, what is the good news? The good news is of Jesus Christ. Who he is, what he said, what he did. This is a very simple understanding of the gospel, but it's true. It's what we're called to believe. Jesus, he is God and he died for us and rose again from the dead. And if you trust in him and say, yeah, I, I want you to be my God, and I want you to take my sins, he will. That's it. There's nothing more to it. That's the gospel. It's a very simple gospel. It's very simple good news. Sometimes we think that the good, uh, gospel, the gospel word, we can all confuse ourselves. 
Or we can try and get, you know, I remember in seminary, you know, we're doing our, or maybe it was my, my ordination exam or something, I don't know what it was. They wanted you to write, what is the gospel? And we're using words like, it's the justification and the sanctification of this and redemption through Jesus and all this stuff. It's like using big words, which is fine. All of that's true. But really, the bottom line is, what is the good news? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. John Piper, who's a pastor and an author, wrote a book um, not so long ago called God is the Gospel. God is the Gospel. He is the good news. I remember a pastor friend of mine would always get so animated. and realize, That's not true. God is not that gospel. He'd say that to me all the time, really animated. God is not that gospel. That's not true. That, I hate John Piper's book. It's terrible. It's awful. And I'd just be like, I, I think you're overthinking this. Like, you might be thinking deeper things, but I would tell him, like, it's confusing to me that you feel like it's, that's not true. Because the reality is, is the good news is of the king. The good news is of Jesus. It's simple. The good news is the man and, and the Son of God. The, God. the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is what he says. It's a very easy, understandable gospel. If you're not a Christian, it's an easy, understandable gospel. There was God who made you. You sinned. You pulled yourself from him. And in order to have an opportunity to come back to him, he came as a man, Jesus. He was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the one who would come and save us. He was also God, so he was able to do it. And he did it by living a perfect life, dying in a death for us on a cross and being raised, to get, uh, re- being raised again to new life. This is the reality. And if you're not a Christian, all it takes is for you to say, I, I, want, I want to believe this. Jesus, I believe you died for me. Will you save me? That's what, it, that's what it takes. There's nothing more to that. It's a very simple gospel. It's a very simple as we think about it. The problem is that after we believe those things, we have moments like, did God actually say? And we sin and we doubt and life gets hard and we wonder we wonder if the, the ice, the gospel ice, is going to hold us sometimes because, because our understanding of it can be so small. And so, although the gospel is simple, which it is, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it is also deep. The gospel is simple, but the gospel is deep, meaning that it's not a haphazard good news. It's not just news that we go, oh, yeah, all right. I see the news, all right, yep, it seems like uh, Jesus is this, this good, you know, he's God, okay, cool, and, and somehow it just happened. He, d- he died for us, that's nice. Wow, that was very fortuitous, like it just so happened in the Roman Empire that, God, you know, Jesus died, and so I can trust him, and, and we have questions, and if that's all we knew was like, yeah, there's this guy that died for us, and that's all we had, and that's all we understood, and that's all we knew, we'd be racked with questions of like, did he, how does that work, what did what happened? Like, when did that come to be? Who planned that? What's going on? Like, I don't understand if that's all we had. So we have to understand that the gospel message is very simple, but the gospel reality, all of it wrapped together is remarkably deep, like, like feet of ice on a lake that you can drive all sorts of weight on that will not let you go. And we have to understand that. And Mark begins that here because he says, as it is written... 
As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, he pulls from an old prophecy in Isaiah. Actually, he pulls from both Malachi and Isaiah. He just he references the one that would have been most common in Isaiah. But he quotes here from Malachi 3, uh, which, is the, which is the first uh, section of this. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He'll prepare your way. That's Malachi. And then Isaiah 40, which is the rest of it. A voice of one crying in the wilderness. He's drawing on something old. You know why? Because he's writing to a primarily Jewish audience that would have wondered, yeah, I don't think you're telling me the truth. He's trying to convince people that would have doubted this. And he's saying, you want to doubt this? Let me show you from your own literature why this is true. Years and years, hundreds of years ago, this is written. As it is written, look, I'm sending a messenger ahead. A voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way. This has been planned for a very long time. You, you want to question it? You want to doubt it? I'm going to prove to you using your own Old Testament, your own Bible, that this is the one who was to come. Jesus isn't just somebody that just showed up. Jesus was long planned. And, and the sign of it is going to be a messenger, this messenger that's going to prepare the way. He's going to be crying out in the wilderness. And so we see automatically, I love how Mark writes, you know, voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way, make the, his path straight. So he's referencing someone's coming to make sure that the way is prepared. And the very next word he says is John. And you want to know who is that one? It's John. Anybody's questioning what's going on? Look, This is deep here, old, hundreds of years ago, written, now it's fulfilled. John came baptizing. He says, says, who's preparing the way of the Lord? It's John. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming. What was this person supposed to do from Malachi? I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. He's going to prepare your way. A voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John comes baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming. He's saying, you, you want to you question this? Don't question it. John is the messenger. John is the one who was to come. John did prepare the way for Jesus. John did do this in the wilderness. He actually dressed like Isaiah. Isaiah dressed in, in the exact same way. Ate locusts, wore the camel's hair, all that kind of stuff. He's the exact same guy in, in some ways. He's like, this is the guy. Everybody needs to look at it like, this is the guy that they're pointing to. It's John. This is not something haphazard. This was long planned. And he's giving us a hint here saying, if you question things, dig into it. Because you are going to see that this is way deeper than you know. God's plan has been around for a long time. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us, before the foundation of the world, before the world was even made, before you as people, human beings, you and me, were even created God had a plan to send John into the world to prepare the way for Jesus, the King. And this is just the beginning because the rest of this gospel is going to be unpacking the depths of the gospel. The depths and the mysteries and the miracles of what it is uh, to see Jesus. As a matter of fact, when we get into it more, we're going to see there is plans and mysteries. God is at work all over the place, even the incarnation. You know, Mark doesn't talk about the birth of Christ. That's the only ones that do that are Matthew and Luke. John hints at it here and there. He doesn't give the story. Mark doesn't give the story. Mark gives a different beginning. 
This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ here, but really the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ began before the world even began. How deep is it? Oh, it's deep. We're going to see it. I want you to get it because I want you to trust Him more. I want your faith to be simpler. So the moments where you wonder, is God really for me? Can the weight of my doubts because of suffering in my life or sin because I have this habitual sin that I keep dealing with or uh, the way that I treated my spouse or my spouse treated me. I'm just struggling with who God is. I, I don't understand this, how, how your children are. All of that we, we bring in and we start to wonder, is, is God for me? Can he really work in me? And I want you to get to the end of this series and say, oh, I know. Who then is this? Oh, I know him and I trust him. That's what I want to see at the end of this because Mark is going to take pains. He's really writing to the Jewish crowd. So did Matthew. Both Matthew and Mark writing to convince people that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And we want to see that and we want to trust him in it. One of the things that I hope comes out of this as well is that you have a thirst to study him and to know him. If you're the kind of person like, I hate to read, I get it. I didn't like to read for a really long time. Sometimes I still don't like to read. That's what audiobooks are for. They also help you run sometimes because it's boring just to sit in a chair like, and like this and listen to an audiobook. Drive around, run, do something, exercise. Listen to an audiobook. But try and gather some depth. The more we know, the more we will cling to the simplicity of gospel understanding and trust in Him. The deeper you go with Jesus... The deeper you go with him, the simpler your faith is. I think that that's just true. We, we walk on the, the lake, the frozen lake, and begin to look at the depth and say, I can drive a truck on this. Is your faith strong enough to drive a truck across? Heavy weight? Or as weight starts to build on that faith, you know, ice bridge that you're building, do you hear the cracking? You're like, uh, I don't know. I really hope this can hold me. I want it to hold you. I want you to grasp it, to see it, to love him more, to press into who he is. Listen, if you stop learning, then your faith in him just becomes harder than it needs to be. If you just plateau and say, ah, I'm good enough, you will struggle your life feeling like, oh, I'm really working my way. Some of you will just work, you try and work your way to salvation. And I'm here to say like, that is not gospel reality for you. Jesus' work is done for you. Hopefully what it leads to is a life lived more for him, where you look more like him by the power of the Spirit. You realize all he's done for you and your life is given then to him more and more. Resurrection power in you, working in you, building you up, causing you to say, I don't want to sin anymore because I want to look like Jesus. I want to be like him to the people around me. I hope that that's the effect of this in you as well. We don't want to stop learning. We don't want to grow weary. We want to spend some time growing deeper in our understanding of Jesus and finding a simpler faith in Him. Just like walking on the ice, no more trepidation, but going, nope, I can bounce on this. I'm good. I'm good because I know how deep He is. I know how deep the gospel is. The question is, how do we live this out now? and go into this series. This is really a, a, maybe a series application for you for this year. Two things that I'd say. The first is this. Trust 
in the simplicity of the gospel. Trust in the simplicity of the gospel. Jesus Christ is Lord. He died for you, and He rose again from the dead. As long as He lives, your hope remains. As long as Jesus lives, your hope remains. And if you can't put two and two together, I'll spell it out. He isn't going to die ever. Meaning your hope never dies. That's true for you. It doesn't matter right now if you are struggling with your life because you feel like my life is too hard. The, 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 the pain I have in my body is too much. My family is a mess. Maybe there's death around you. And you're just wondering, is God here? Why did this happen? I don't understand. I don't get it. Maybe you have chronic sickness. Maybe you're dealing with perpetual and habitual sin. Maybe you're dealing with depression. Maybe you're dealing with, I don't even know, whatever else it is you're dealing with. You know it in your life. That causes you to think, is God for me? I don't know. Let me just remind you one more time, and I want you to hear this. As long as Jesus lives, your hope remains. That is true. Believe it. Don't waver from it. Trust it. Whether you think, I don't know if I can walk on the ice because my faith, I don't know. Trust it when I say it to you, like my brother-in-law did. You're fine. The ice is thick enough. It will hold you. Walk it. Christian, Jesus isn't going anywhere. He's with you. He's for you. He loves you. Believe it. Trust it. Really trust in the simplicity of it. We want to be purposely biblical. What does the Bible say? He will never leave you or forsake you. Come to me if you are weary, I'll give you rest, is what he says. It is finished, he said. If you, if you, um, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved Believe the reality of what the Bible says. Believe in the simplicity of the gospel. That's number one. And number two, it's this. Commit to a life of knowing the inexhaustible Jesus more deeply. Commit to a life of knowing the inexhaustible Jesus. You will never exhaust his depths. You might think, I've read the Bible every year, maybe some of you, for 20 years. I think I got it. I'd say, no, you don't. There's always more to know. There's always more to learn. You will not get to the spot of knowing him enough until you see him face to face. You see him face to face, and I'm not even sure then we're going to know him fully. I think we'll get to see him a little bit more. We'll get to understand him a little bit more because we'll be able to see him in glory, but I'm not sure we will ever know the actual depths of who he is. Do you know why? Because he is God and we're not. Because he's the maker and we're the ones that are made. And our job is to simply say, I, I don't fully understand you. And quite frankly, if we understood the God that we worship, I'd have a problem with that. Like, why can I understand the God that made me? That, that's kind of weird. Like, if, if a God is understandable, then I'm not sure I want to worship him. I can't understand who God is. I know what he gave us in the Bible. I, I can see it and I want to study it. 
and I want to grasp it, and I want to commit my life to understanding the depths of him and know it's inexhaustible. I want to do that because I want to know him. I want my faith to grow, and I want to be able to stand firmly planted in gospel deeps and Jesus' realities. Do you? I pray that you do. I'm going to call the band up here. I have four resources for you that I think if you're interested, I'd, I'd encourage you to pick up one of these, maybe write them all down, take a screenshot right now, leave it up for a second, Tyler, if you would. The Gospel for Real Life by Jerry Bridges. Really easy read, okay? It's something that's going to help you understand just daily life, liberating you by the power of the cross every day, grasping that. The Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler is great. You can't see it up there, but Rick Warren said up on this one, if you, need, if you read only one book this year, make it this one. It's that important. Uh, Gospel Wakefulness and Gospel Deeps by Jared Wilson. Both are, are those, these books that are going to help us really sink deeper into understanding the gospel. We think sometimes the gospel for non-Christians. Okay, non-Christians, I heard it, I believed it, that's about it. No, there's a depth of gospel reality and truth that you don't understand, neither do I. But we want to dig into it more to grow our depth of knowledge of it so that when we walk out this life, we don't live in low-grade guilt all the time. But we trust that he's at work in us. Listen, as you go deeper with Jesus, you will find simpler faith. I, I pray that this is the outcome of this whole series in Mark. As we just pick and prod and learn and grasp and understand, may it be so that we come out the other side as people who, who know Jesus a little bit more and our faith is a little bit simpler. That's my prayer and I, I want you to invite you, I want to invite you to pray that with me for you. That part of your prayer would be, Lord, just do this in me. Help me. I see that it's a simple gospel and that Mark begins to pull from hundreds of years ago to prove it because there's, there's depth here and how it functions for us, man. Jesus is remarkable. May we see it and may we know it. I'm gonna pray and then we'll sing and then we're gonna take communion. If you haven't gotten your communion cup and if you're a Christian, uh, during the song, you can go back in the back two tables and just grab one of those and come back. And then um, Aaron will lead us through communion and we'll, we'll take that together. But may it be that we know him more. Amen? Amen. Lord, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would help us to walk with you through this whole series. May our daily life that we live in the present as we go moment by moment, hour by hour, struggle and trial to joys, back to struggle and trial, to joys, back to hard things, and then easier life. Lord, I, I pray that as we live all of those things, I pray that as we walk all of this life out as Christians, that we would have a, an increasing depth of understanding of you. Lord, don't, don't allow us by your spirit to just exist here. Lord, I want to ask by your spirit that you would speak to hearts this morning even, Lord, as they're just wondering what to do next. How do they do this? Lord, put that question in their minds and I pray that they would act on it. May we just not be complacent 
and our love for you so that our, our depth of understanding of you would grow. Do that, Lord, we ask and pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we prepare to sing together. I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.